Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Every year we set a goal. Obviously, we, we set it as a team. Number one objective is to do what? Is to win the AFC West. All right, the next objective is to establish home field advantage. Last objective is to go out and win the Super Bowl. We're in that playoff season time. Our guys have an understanding that every day, every moment matters. One thing I think we do a great job of, and Coach Reed sets the tempo with this, we have to create an energy. As a coaching staff, we got to bring in that energy to provide juice to our players about what we're pursuing. The next thing, we eliminate the distractions. Okay, We want to keep all the, the stuff out of our way, keeping it out of these walls and making sure that we're focused on what needs to get done. Oh, boys. Yes, yes. Playoff football is here, baby. The bye week was fine. It was cool, man. It's good to sit, sit back and watch, you know, Tom Brady's career uh, come to an end, hopefully, uh, <laughs> and, and to watch so many other things occur. And uh, Brandon Staley, thank God, uh, still has a job. Um, with all of that, one of the real upsets as the Spanos family doesn't give a rip in L.A. But it was good to watch the first week, but now it starts. It starts right now. And I'm going to say this right now. The Kansas City Chiefs are going to win their third championship <laughs> this year. I know yeah, you guys yeah. didn't know this Hell was coming. Yeah. I'm just calling it right now. I'm calling my shot right now. The first podcast of the postseason. I'm looking around. Calm down, BK. I'm looking around, and I've watched all these teams. Yeah. The Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl. And for, for a guy who's pretty notorious for carrying around radio curses, it's pretty that's, bold. That's not, <laughs> pretty bold, pretty bold. I don't believe in curses. They don't exist, okay? But they're they're gonna win the, they're gonna win the Super Bowl, and I am excited for the ride. I got a, a glass of uh of a little uh, little whiskey, a little Woodford Reserve, uh, a, little, a little lime in here, a little extra. They um, can't see it. I know, but they can hear the description. But you're shaking a, it around. Like I'm a regular, yeah, I'm, and I'm just doing it for you guys. I'm a regular old Vin Scully. Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, the uh, it's it's a good time. I'm ready for it. This is going to be the first one they 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 beat Jacksonville. So maybe a uh, a little uh, maybe maybe you guys know a little bit what my prediction is going to be at the end. Um, so I got the Chiefs, but. Uh, <laughs> But no, man, I, I looked at this. I feel it. I watched the first – I watched the, the playoffs. I've seen this team, how they've gotten together. Patrick Mahomes is going to get his second championship. Andy Reid's going to get his second championship. All-time offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy is going to get his second championship. Kelsey's going to get his second championship. And Justin Reed's going to get his first. Like, this is going to be uh, their second championship. I feel really good about this. And this is going to be fun. It's going to be fun, fellas. <laughs> I, I didn't know we were starting this way. <laughs> I got tricks up my sleeve. I just wanted to let you know. I, I had no it. idea. I had no idea. That's where we were going. I just wanted to so, going to win. Here it is. I, I mean, listen, I, I, I hope you're right. I think they're going to win this week. Like, I, I definitely think they've they've got – I mean, they're the biggest favorite this weekend, so they should win. The the one concern though, Ron, is now, like. I mean, I don't have concerns. But I'm just saying. I'm just telling you what's going to happen now. It sure sounds like you're worry free. Like you're over there on Martini Island, hanging out got, with listen, you know, the Woodford Reserve with a lime and some ice in it. They're concerns. I mean, there are some buckers on this team. They're concerns. <laughs> you know, and I, that is not just because I do not agree with his beliefs. That that is not it. But there's no. some concerns. I just know but, that the special teams has been a liability all season, and I still think they're a liability in, in the playoffs. And it That's was right. specifically in the game That's against fine. the Jaguars. Dave is going to inspire. 
That's all right. But I just, I'm telling you, I, I feel it. But anyway, I, I, I apologize. I, the problem is we were in the same spot last year, Ron. We were in the same spot. The Chiefs had just come away with one of the biggest wins in franchise history, a game that we all called the AFC Championship game against the Bills. They had won in the divisional round. They're moving on to the AFC Championship game. They're hosting the annual Patrick Mahomes Invitational where somebody else gets to come to KC on a free trip to lose to Patrick Mahomes so that way he gets to go to the Super Bowl. And then the Bengals beat him. The Bengals were a seven-point road underdog in that one. They came into Kansas City after being the plucky underdog that barely escaped their first couple of games in the postseason. Uh, Joe Burrow's getting crushed back there. This defense is okay. They're making some plays. But, man, this offense, they find a way in the end, don't they, against the Raiders, against the Titans. They just did enough to be able to get through. Similar storylines this year, man. Similar storylines with this Jaguars team where last week it was close. They they tried real hard to lose that one. Five turnovers in the first half, four of which came from the right arm of Trevor Lawrence. And then in the end, they find a way to come back against the L.A. Chargers. I'm picking the Chiefs. I've got the Chiefs to be able to advance. I'm just saying, if we're looking at the other side... The concerns are the same as they were this time last year. Superstar young quarterback, good head coach that's scheming stuff up, defense that can get after the quarterback a little bit. That's where the concerns come in for Chiefs. Listen, I'm not going to say there's concerns. I'm glad you brought up the Cincinnati Bengals. I just want to say this right now. I am in full prayer and hope. And I know it's bad because of the DeMar Hamlin situation. But I am in full hope that the Cincinnati Bengals – Go in to Orchard Park. I don't even know if it's called Rich Stadium anymore. I'm gonna go on a limb and say they've changed the name of that stadium to some, <laughs> but to some, to some, to some business. But I know it is Rich Stadium. They're not. I hope the Bengals go in and beat them because Patrick Mahomes needs to beat Joe Burrow. Patrick Mahomes needs to get the Cincinnati Bengals thing off his back. I'm hoping that the Bengals win. So it's a setup at Arrowhead next week between Burrow and Mahomes, and I need he needs to win that game. Like if they win the Super Bowl when they do, as I predicted, if it doesn't include them beating Cincinnati, I mean you'll take it. But I, I <laughs> yeah, gotta, yeah, you will. You'll take they, it. Second one in our lifetime. Got, I think we'll be accepting of that Lombardi Trophy. But they got it. They got it. They they need they need to see the Bengals. They need to it's, see the Bengals. It's Highmark right. State. They need to see the Bengals, and Justin Reed needs to shut the hell up. But they need to see the Bengals. They need to see them. So I'm glad we got that. I will say. <laughs> I will say. I do believe that I believe that, that, that we're sitting here and, and we're about to be on the run uh, for the second championship for the Chiefs, and we're going to have, a, I think, Travis, and then we're going to take it up an even more notch uh, on the on, at the parade. I just – I do – and this is one thing that I am believing in, um, I'm hoping, I'm hoping sort of that we start to see a, a, a maturity, right? You know, a maturity level from this group that I don't think they've always had. I really hope so too, but I have to remind you guys, the NFL playoff action continues this week. We're one step closer to Super Bowl 57 and for the divisional round, you can check out DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can take a shot at an even bigger payout with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Boost your NFL winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. Just like in the uh, Chiefs-Jags, I'm going to be leaning pretty hard into a Travis Kelsey touchdown this weekend. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code 5QUESTIONS. New customers can bet $5 on the divisional round and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code 5QUESTIONS. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Thanks for that maturity, beautiful. But that's where I'm leaning in to the Kansas City Chiefs this week. And I'm not ready to say they're going to win it all. I I think it's a tough road. But I think they win this game because they have the playoff experience. They have, I hope, the maturity. And they play all season down to opponents. Don't take them seriously. 
to flip this playoff switch. And I've seen them do it before. I know it fell apart last year against the Bengals, but in the first half, everything was going great. And it looked like they were going to cruise to another Super Bowl. And I think that they remember that. And I think that they're going to take this postseason very serious. I, th- I think, I think Mahomes is a different guy. I think the leader, and just in terms of leadership and, and seriousness, um as other guys and i think this is going to be bk a real test of maturity because we 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 can look at this i don't care how you do it the chiefs played this team earlier this year and they probably played their c-minus game i mean they turned the ball over three times they lost the turnover battle by three the special teams were just a delight that day i mean Mm -hmm. they i mean they came in and really held their own um and they were awful in special teams, and they beat them comfortably. Like the Jacksonville tacked on a touchdown late to make it even closer. They still beat them 27-17 by 10, by double digits. Like, you you remember that. You walk in there and say, there's something to you where it's just like, man, we beat them guys easy. We had injuries. We beat them guys easy. And then, like, you watch them last week, and they're just – I mean, everybody's talking about that second half uh, because Brandon Staley is – well, it's Brandon Staley and, and Joey Bosa melted down. But but they looked at that first half like, my God, they turned the ball over five times. Like, it's 27 to nothing. And if we look at history, you hope that there is a response to this. Because the last three years, their opening playoff game, they've had really slow starts or just weird games. Like, 24 to nothing, down to the Houston Texans, and they had to come back and beat the brakes off of them. They had that weird game against the Browns where Mahomes ended up getting hurt and, like, Cleveland had the ball to maybe, you know, like put people in real nervous energy, and they won that game. That was a tight one. And then the Pittsburgh game, I mean, they didn't, I mean, they didn't show up for a quarter. They didn't score in the first quarter. They were down 7 nothing on the defensive score, and then they came back and beat the brakes off of them. These slow starts – like I, I think that could be a problem if they have these slow starts and give Jacksonville confidence. But I do believe that this is a different group with ter- in terms of maturity level, and I think that is the real test here. And I, and I, and I have confidence that this group, led by Mahomes and led by Chris Jones, the leadership there, that, that they're in a better place. The weird thing, Ron, is like the game that they did come out for and played well early on was the Bengals game. And then in the second half, they collapsed. And so I think that this is kind of where like all of the lessons can be learned all at once. On one side, yeah, you need to come out and put your best best foot forward. You need to be prepared for the game and you need to be able to come out and have a better performance early on because in previous playoff games, this team has not performed early on. No. And then secondarily, like, you collapsed last year. There's no other way to put it. You collapsed in the second yeah, half. Yeah, of no that business game. losing that game. No business losing It started losing that with game. the Tyreek Hill play at the goal line where he wasn't able to get in. And then from there, everything went to hell. Everything. Offensively, defensively, everything was a, an absolute train wreck in the second half. And you just saw last week that if you play that way in the second half, the Jaguars are a team that can take advantage of it. They're not a great team. They're a pretty good one, but not a great team by any stretch of the imagination. But they're good enough, and they have a good enough coach and quarterback combination with some really good weapons that if you allow them to have that opening, they'll take it. They're good enough. Yeah, to if take you give them confidence, you give them confidence, and you let them fools stay in the game, then you 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 know, and, and let them as a young group build confidence, and then they'll. Yeah, you know, but I, I I think the Chiefs are ready to go. I, I do too. I, I hope they are. And like, th- that's the thing that I think is important is they've got both lessons to be learned, both from themselves, yeah. lessons of, of postseasons past, and also lessons from the Jaguars where they were able to take advantage of the Chargers chargering. So you, you've been able to see both sides of it. And I, I do think the Chiefs are going to come out ready to go. And I, I think that this is another example of why that bye week is so significant. Because, man, you look back at last week and all of the AFC team struggled, all of them to be able to advance past teams that they should not have struggled against. And now the Chiefs are able to get healthy. They don't have to have those offensive line injuries that we saw with the Bengals. They don't have some of the um, flaws that were exposed in that Bills game, and they didn't have the potential of collapsing the way that the Chargers did. So that's that's why this bye, bye week was so important for them. No, it, it was absolute, I mean, absolutely huge. And I, I think it showed – and I think that's probably another thing too – that is a, a motivation for maybe the the Chiefs and the Eagles who had the bye week to watch 
you know, a lot of these teams uh, uh, who struggled uh, coming in. So I, I, I but and I just, I, I just think it's a different group though. I, I do think there's something to like, you know, a, a ton's been made about, you know, Jacksonville seven and one in their last eight games, including last week. And like the chiefs are also seven and one since the last time they played the Jags. Nobody's talking about that. Like I understand it. Hell they yes, Steve. Points in the season and the chiefs had a much better record. They were clearly a much better team and Jacksonville had to overcome all this stuff to get to the playoffs. But I, I Kansas city is playing really well right now. And I understand they lost that game to the Bengals, but this team isn't the Bengals. The Jags are fun. They're an interesting young team with a guy that I think is a superstar uh, young quarterback in the NFL. And Doug Peterson's a great head coach. It's had an incredible run so far this season, but the chiefs are going to be ready for this game. And I think the chiefs notice that you know, even over the bye, where it's easy to kind of forget about these teams that are at home right now. I just feel like the chiefs aren't getting any recognition for the fact that they got the one seed this year. And I that- know it was weird with the bills and the Bengals but they're not really getting the recognition that they deserve for going out and being the top team in the AFC. And I think that they're aware of that. That's a part of it for me with them. Like they have just kind of just been like for a team that has the best quarterback in the game and the top player in the game, like they've been kind of under the radar here. And maybe some of it has to do with the fact they didn't play last week, but still like they just kind of been chilling under the radar a bit. And I think they got the opening game on Saturday, and I think they'll chill under the radar again, and 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 they'll and and, and they'll win, and and just like and I, I I I like where that that space is for them, and I think they are going to have such an advantage to me because you talked about the bye week, the bye week, the big product of it is who they're playing, and who they don't and who they don't have to play on the other side of the bracket in a war that I would expect is going to happen uh, up in, uh, up in, 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 uh, in New York, up in Buffalo. And, and they don't have to deal with that. So I think that's a big, big piece of why I said that earlier today that I think they're going to win it, but earlier in the, earlier in the show, I think they're going to win it, but I, I just believe they are there. This is a different group. That's, that's ready to, that's ready to roll. I would also add this Ron. They better be ready for the kitchen sink because the Jaguars are playing with house money, man. They Hell, know their they, season should have been. Did they go onside kick in the first game? Hell, they, they did. And, and, but then what changed, though, Ron, and this was weird because we know how Doug Peterson is. He's typically super aggressive and that the onside kick made all the sense in the world for who Doug Peterson is. But then he punted from the Chiefs 40. He punted from the Chiefs 43. He punted on fourth in, uh, inches on their side of the 50 in the first half, all three of those were just in the first half. They're not doing that this time around, man. If it's fourth and three or fewer, and it's on the Chiefs' side of the fifth, yeah, they're going to be close. They're going for it every single time. If there's a potential for a fake kick or a fake punt, there's a potential for maybe they see something again, and there's an onside kick opportunity. Like all that stuff, trick plays, whatever. She's better be ready for all of it because Doug Peterson is completely unafraid to do some wild stuff in this game. And, you know, just from some of the things that Spag said and and what Andy and Mahomes said this week, like they're well aware of how well the Jags are playing right now and how they've been playing lately. They that Chiefs game in week 10, the Jags had their bye after that week and they made some adjustments over the bye and those have stood out like really largely throughout the rest of the season. And those adjustments have made them help go on this run. So like, I don't even think there's that much to be learned from the first time that they played the Jaguars because they're playing, they're, they're still playing the same style of ball. But like you mentioned, like Doug Peterson's being a lot more aggressive. Doug, Doug Peterson saying, we're just, we're, we're playing on borrowed time anyway. So we're just going to give it everything we got. And I'm going to give you guys everything that I got in my bag. And we're just going to see what happens and hoping for the, uh, hope for the best. No, I, I, I agree. Every week this season, we'll be cooking up our own parlay that our good friends at DraftKings will put right on their homepage for all of you, our loyal fans, to follow this week. Our parlay has got a lot to do with Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes finding a lot of success Saturday against the Jacksonville Jaguars. 
Be sure to check out our Twitter feed later on this afternoon. There will be a link to our bet for all of you to tail. Each week, DraftKings has new offers and great ways to make your Sunday more fun. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, fellas, we do this every week, playoff edition style, when the Chiefs have the ball. When the Chiefs have the ball, say it with me. No effing turnovers. No, no effing, effing turnovers. turnovers. No, no effing, effing turnovers. turnovers. None. Listen, I'm going to be, be completely honest. I don't think it is almost virtually impossible that the Chiefs can lose this game if they don't turn the ball over. And they don't turn the ball over. If they don't turn the ball over, the Jags aren't going to stop them enough at all to be able to stay in this game. When you look at the reference point from the first game, they turned it over three times and lost by 10. And it was really more than that, just a touchdown at the end. If they don't turn the ball over, I don't – I mean, the chances that the, the, that the Jags have to win in this game is slim to none. And we know turnovers have been an issue. They've gotten better as of late. But this is this is the real focus. Run your office, do your do your stuff, and get up out of here because the way that you keep them in it, the way that you you give them confidence, you give them short fields, or you give them stops, or or you turn a ball over in the red zone, and, and that's a big lift for them. Don't turn a ball over. Special teams, offense, Mahomes, the the ball carries, the receivers fumbling. Don't turn the ball over. And you'll win. I mean, it feels like it's just as simple as that to me. It is as simple as that, Ron. Like, this is one of those, I, when I was doing the show with Carrington in KC, he would always say, like, other than the any given Sunday scenario, what what is the explanation for how the Chiefs lose this game, right? If they're going up against the bad team, it's not just, hey, turnovers, weird stuff. Like, what is the actual football explanation as to how this goes the wrong way? I don't think there is one for this game. Like, the Chiefs are a better football team than the Jaguars in every aspect. They got a better coach. They got a better quarterback. They got a better – I think the defenses are are at least similar. I think you can make an argument in favor of the oh, Chiefs, I think though. The, I think the Chiefs – they got Chris Jones, so I think they're a better defense. And when you look at the offensively, like, the entire offense is just better for the Chiefs. They're a better football team. And so when you go to this end of this game on, I guess, any given Saturday um, in this scenario – if you simply play a clean game, you don't you don't have a bunch of penalties, you don't turn the football over, you're not making mistakes on special teams. The team is too good. The Chiefs are too good to lose to this version of the Jaguars. So I'm with you, Ron. Like this is one of those games where I, I went back and I rewatched the first Jacksonville game because I, I wanted to be able to prepare for this based on what we saw in that first one. And then I went back and watched what the Jaguars did last week against the Chargers. They have no answers, none defensively. For Travis Kelsey, for Juju Smith-Schuster, or for Kadarius Tony, that first time around, man, it was the moment that we both said, like, "Oh, we were wrong on the Tony trade." Oh like, man, he was getting—he <laughs> was amazing. He had—they had no answers for him. It was the jet sweeps. He had that logo. He had the big play down the sideline, like everything you could want to see out of a player. Kadarius Tony did it in that first time around. Travis Kelsey, he's going to do what you saw last week from Gerald Everett. It's going to be the same kind of stuff. Juju Smith-Schuster was off to a huge game before they ended up taking him out with the concussion. This is a game that they have no answers for your weapons. Patrick Mahomes was amazing. He finished the day. I think it was like 31 out of 30 or 26 out of 35, and three of those were drops by open wide receivers. They've got no answers, man. Just don't turn the football over. You're good to go offensively. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's very, very simple. I know for you, BK, there are – there are some guys, at least on this offense, in this game. I think you just talked about a couple of them in this game that, man, they just like you. You would expect that the game plan is that these guys get off. As I, I just the, the matchups with, first off, Kelsey, Kelsey and Tony. You brought up were really like uh, there's there's nothing they can do. There's there's nothing they can do at all with those cats. And I I, I do. I'm with you. I expect that those guys really 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 have big games or if not like i feel like this is really cocky it's just hard for me not to see that those guys like at huh. least two of the three of uh, tony kelsey or juju any other the two of the three don't just get off and have big games. and we talked about 
Travis Kelsey last week and how he's been quiet lately. And especially in the end, it though. seems like, yeah, and he's got a six game scoreless streak. And, you know, it seems like defenses are just keying in on him more. And so maybe that is slowing down the Chiefs' offense a little bit. But Travis Kelsey's a Hall of Fame player. Like, and this is still the Jacksonville Jaguars. And, like, yes, they're playing well right now. They're a fun, exciting, interesting team. But their linebackers are bad. Like their line, they don't have a linebacker that can cover Travis Kelsey. Like I don't think that they, any of their safeties are good enough to truly lock down Travis Kelsey. So this is a huge Travis Kelsey game in my mind. Like I am going all in on Travis Kelsey everywhere this week because I think he's going to be a monster in this game. It's also the first time Kelsey's played a playoff game in KC without Tyreek Hill with Patrick Mahomes as the quarterback. And I think that's a big part of this as well. Like we know when the Chiefs get into the playoffs, they rely on those two. That's what it's been in the past, right? You get in and yeah. the, the passing tree kind of consolidates a little bit more around your best players, or at least that's what you hope to do as long as the defense allows for it. And Travis Kelsey, you look over the last two years, what he's done in the postseason. Here's his yardage totals, Ron. 109, 108, 133, 108, 96, 95. He's had a touchdown in five of those six games. Travis Kelsey, when the lights are the brightest, this dude shows up, especially over the last couple of seasons for the Chiefs. I expect nothing to change in that regard in this one. I, I He's the one that I have the most confidence in. And, I think and Patrick, second for... And Patrick looks for him. Like, 100%. And, he's, and he looks for him as those numbers, because I bet you the receptions... Are, are really high in a lot of those games as well, too. He looks for him. Yeah, b- because he's a guy that you trust. You, you need a big play. He's somebody that you go to. And I think the other guy that he trusts going into this one is Juju Smith-Schuster. Those are the two that I would have the most confidence in. The other reason why is just the, the Jaguars play a decent amount of zone. And when you play that against Juju, he's going to find the areas, especially in the middle of the field. You mentioned the linebacker, Serta. You can take advantage of them whether it's in the running game, running downhill because they are more speed guys or in the passing game, there's going to be open areas in that defense. Uh, Kelsey and Juju are the two guys that I would focus in on. I've I've got a high level of confidence. They finish with good games in this one. Yeah, I do too. And I don't think that the McKinnon thing slows down either. I I think he's, he was not, that's not the same person you had to look at when they played them the first time, the way he's as productive as he's been. I think the run game has a chance to really, to really uh, give them problems and fits. I know the Chargers didn't run it well, but they just give up uh, in the run game last week. Um, speaking of the run game, that means the big boys up front. And um, <clears throat> this is a big key to this run as well, including the guy who was looking to get paid. And Orlando Brown, um, this is the start. Like, he's had some moments and somehow he, he – I mean, somehow by – Pat Mahomes' grace, he made it into uh, being a pro bowler. Uh, but he, but if he wants to really get paid, like if he has a big-time postseason, like he's got a chance. And, like, they run the football well, him protecting, that that, that starts here against Jacksonville. It, it does. And I – we were talking about this a little bit before the show and sort of – I don't know, don't remember who asked it, but they basically said, like, hey – you know, are you more comfortable with him if he has a dominant postseason performance? My answer was pretty simple. Like, no, not necessarily. But I think he has more to lose than to gain in this postseason. If he looks like a liability for the Chiefs, I could see how Brett Beach says, you know what, whether it be a franchise tag and trade situation or something like that, may- maybe it is time for us to go our separate ways and to find another answer there. Or at a minimum, just don't give him the long-term deal. If he ends up playing really well in this postseason, Ron, I could see the Chiefs saying, all right, he did what we asked him to do. We said, go out there and prove it. We went out there and we won a Super Bowl with him as our starting left tackle. And we did so with him being a contributing member of our offense. He wasn't just being carried by the quarterback. So if that ends up being the case, I think he could get paid. He could end up making 20 plus million dollars per season moving forward and he'll get the guaranteed money that he was looking for. I think this is a massive, massive month for uh, Orlando oh, Brown absolutely. Jr. Hell yeah. And I mean, and, and right, like Josh Allen is a pretty good player. He generally lines up on the other side, um, which which probably see a lot of uh, him against 7-7. Seven, seven. Uh, but this – and this isn't like pass rushers where you're like, oh, my God, this is one of the elite pass rushers they've got on this group. No, he should – like he should handle this group where he's keeping them quiet. Over, over there 
So uh, this is huge for him. So like this is this is you talk about your chance to make money. Like this, yeah, is, I mean, this is big for Trevon you. Walker and Josh Allen are the two guys that I'll see the most of. They have six and three and a half sacks this season. Yeah, they're they're yeah. they're solid. They're they're talented, but they're very young and they're they're not the types of guys that you would expect to completely. Yeah, they seem like they seem like they they get more of their their action and pressures and big plays off of blitzes in the secondary yeah. corners like they did to change the game around against Tennessee. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, when Jacksonville has the ball, like for me, I watched, I've watched that Jags, uh, Chargers game, watched it live, and then watched some more of it uh, a second time. This, this to me, feels like it could be a, a Steve Spagnola game. This could be a Spags game because I watched Brandon Staley really confuse Trevor Lawrence a lot in the first half and confuse him where, where it, it was clear that the Chargers defensive staff, including Brandon Staley, schemed up turnovers, like schemed up coverages that confuse Trevor Lawrence into turnovers. And Spags is really, really good, especially scheming up pressures that could potentially lead to that, to confuse a young player. And you could see it yourself. Like I, I, I the play that jumps out to me is one of, hell, he had three of them, one of Asante Samuel Jr.'s interceptions where he absolutely was confused, Trevor Lawrence, thinking that it was man because of something that the Chargers showed at the snap. and then backing out of it and changing it and he threw right into a pick he threw a pick right into a zone that he thought was going to be man that was actually zone and and i mean you could just see oh he was confused he was confused by it so i i think this could have a real good opportunity to be a steve spagnola game which he confuses trevor lawrence not only in the secondary but especially to me which is his blitzes and how he sends pressure I think this could be a, a big, big game to mess with the head of Trevor Lawrence. So, Ron, pro football focus grades every play of every game, right? And they, they they have a breakdown of what quarterbacks do against pressure versus when they're kept clean, et cetera, et cetera. Against pressure this year, Trevor Lawrence was graded as one of the five worst quarterbacks in the NFL. Mm. When he's kept clean, though, man, does he look good. It looks real nice when he is kept clean. But when he gets pressure on him, he becomes, as a passer, what Justin Fields was as a passer this year. They're, they're basically graded the same in that regard, just to kind of put some context on, on what I mean by that. And listen, we all like what what he's going to be, Fields. He, he was not a good passer this year, and especially when he had pressure on him. So it, that, that's how you do it. You, you get the blitz, you dial up the pressure, you get him uncomfortable. He makes some bad decisions. He's willing to take some sacks. He does have some issues with fumbles as well. Uh, when you get pressure on him, he had seven fumbles under pressure this year. He's the type of guy that will give you the football when, when you're able to heat him up a little bit. And if ever there was a time for Spags to get into his bag, it is this game, this game against this quarterback, because Either Absolutely. of those two guys you're going up against next week, whether it is uh, Josh Allen or Joe Burrow, that's going to be a completely different game plan that you got to put together because they'll tr- they'll rip you apart if you try to blitz them the way that you do Lawrence. You can take advantage of Lawrence though at this point in his career. So 
I'm that's I think that's the biggest thing for me in this game is Steve Spagnuolo and how he decides to draw this thing up and attack them because it's been kind of a weird season for him uh, just as a as a defensive play caller where early in the season it felt like he was getting a lot out of uh, out of blitzing and and giving giving the offense different looks and, and scheming up sacks and things like that and then had the midseason lull, which is kind of the opposite of the way that it's been in years past. And they were kind of trying to figure things out. Like we saw a lot of different players getting a lot more snaps. And now it seems like that's more established. They're more comfortable moving Legarius Sneed around when they know they have to, depending on the matchup. They're more comfortable with Trent McDuffie in the slot. They're more comfortable with how they're rotating these pass rushers out. And so the early season spags is the spags that I want to see on Saturday. Like that spags that was just dialing up pressure from all over the place. He was sending Legarius Sneed, Justin Reed, anybody from wherever and, and dialing up pressure because yeah, you can confuse Trevor Lawrence right now. Like he's still 23 years old. He's still figuring out how to play at the NFL speed. And like these other quarterbacks that are too good for that at this stage in their career, he's not yet. You can still rattle him. And so Spags has to be willing to dial that up. And I think he will be. I, I think this is going to be a good Spags game. No, I, I, I definitely, I, I definitely think it will be. And the pressures are the big thing. I mean, he got five sacks the first game. Chris Jones had two sacks in that game. They're, they're first off, their offensive line isn't great. And like, I, like I think he can scheme up things, fellas, to where Trevor doesn't even know someone's coming free, and and just gets drilled and loses the ball. But I know for you, Doug Peterson is a really good coach. Is going to do whatever he can to to help him and have him right. And Andy obviously knows him, and he knows the Chiefs as well. I know for you, BK, there is there is a a position group for the chiefs. I think you're focusing on that has a, that's going to have a lot on their plate coming up in this game that have to, that have to be good. Yeah. It's the middle of the field in general, but specifically let's focus on the safeties because you look at what this team did in the off season. They completely overhauled what their secondary looks like. We've liked feel like they're finally starting to get that right. Does it does fingers crossed that it stays that way though. Right. You get into the playoffs and things get a little more hectic when you're not going up against the likes of the Broncos, the Texans, the Broncos and the Raiders. So we'll see if it's able to stay that way, but it has felt a lot better lately against this team. What the Jaguars like to do, they're, they're going to do a few different things. You're going to basically use the same personnel on every play. You know they're going to get out there with Evan Ingram as their tight end. They're going to have the one running back, and then they're going to have three wide receivers out there, typically the same ones, two Joneses and Christian Kirk. Those are going to be the guys that you have to worry about. What they're going to do out of that, though, changes depending on the play, of course. They've got a bunch of screens that they're going to run, and that's one place where you do have to be a little careful if you're Steve Spagnolo, because if you're bringing it consistently, they're going to time that up, and they're just going to start running screens all day on you. But when they're not doing that, they run mesh. They run these crossers all day long, Ron. And there were a couple of times where it actually did get the Chiefs in that first game around. Chiefs got a little lucky because on a couple of those plays, they were able to bat the ball down at the line of scrimmage. I think Chris Jones had one and George Karloftis had another, which could have gone for big plays to Christian Kirk. The safeties are playing much better now. They're passing things off a lot better. They seem to be making plays a lot better. Those are guys that are going to be put into a lot of conflict in this game. And if you're looking at two guys to keep an eye on, it's two guys that we talked about a ton during the offseason. It's Juan Thornhill, who's wanting to make a bunch of money, and it's Justin Reed, who just got paid a bunch of money to come in and be a guy that makes plays in games like these for the Chiefs. So those would be the two players that I would be paying most attention to in this game. Be huge for the Chiefs if they are able to get a couple of big plays by them. I'm just looking at and thinking about some of those routes, and I think that was the major success that the Chargers had in the first half is they took away those easy throws for Trevor Lawrence, and that is just kind of built into the offense, and he uses it a ton. Yeah, those little outs, those little, but they played press tight coverage, and that got pressure, and those little easy outlets for him weren't there early, and I think it it helped him to panic. But you're you're right. The the safeties are going to and the safeties and overall everybody they got to tackle. Yes. They got to tackle. I mean they they don't have any fear of throwing the ball short of the sticks even on third down. 
because they think maybe maybe they get running at the, the catch. They have to tackle in this game, everybody in, in the safeties. But I think it's a big thing to the success the Chargers had in that first half is they took away easy reads, easy outs for Trevor Lawrence and made him have to have to think and go other places that led to, I think, a lot of the interceptions. I'd also uh, – I'd be curious here if, you know, Travis Etienne's had a really good uh, season. and You know he had almost – you know he almost had 1,200 yards rushing? Yeah, he's, he's, over he's 1100 been, yards rushing. He's been really, really good, uh, especially since they traded away James Robinson early in the season and he became the full-time starter. What's weird, though, is – he came out of Clemson as profiled as like he's going to be a pass catching back. Like that's the best thing about his game. And they don't really use him all that consistently no. that way. Like he doesn't have more the highest targets he's got in a single game this season is five. And that only happened once. He hasn't had more. He's usually like two, three targets a game and a, a couple of catches. But I, I'd be curious if they wouldn't try to use him as a pass catcher a little bit more this week is something that like maybe Doug has been saving for the playoffs as a surprise. Yeah. Yes, I wonder if they use him in the screen game too, because they set up a lot of screens for their wide receivers last week. That was something that they tried to hone in on quite a bit, especially in the second half because the chargers were bringing that pressure. Um, I wonder if maybe this week, one of the wrinkles on that is getting ETN more involved as opposed to some of those wide receivers. The other thing on him, he is not a guy that's going to run between the tackles a whole lot. Like when he's having success, it is the off tackle place. Nobody had more rushing yards off tackle to the edges this year than Travis yeah. Etienne in the running game. So this is, in that regard, big Willie Gay game, big Willie Gay game, big game for Frank Clark, your your boy, Ron. This is the playoffs. It's time. It's time for Frank to show up. So if he wants to have a big play, there's there's place to be had in this running game against the Jaguars because yeah. they're gonna be running at him. Hey, Frank's off the injury report. He's good to go. He's ready to go, baby. Let's do this. He must have took a good dump to get that. (laughs) Isn't he fifth all time in uh, playoff sacks now? I don't know, man. Is he really? I mean, I'll look up the exact stat, but I think Young just just has zero playoff sacks. So I guess that makes sense that Frank Clark would somehow be fifth. Who has zero? Chris Jones. Is zero is he really? Oh, yeah. Well, he's got to get off the damn. Snow. Oh, he he talked he talked about it this week and was like, "Yeah, I'm aware. I, I've played in like 10, 12 that's... playoff games, and I don't have a sack. <laughs> that, I'm hoping that's... we can change that this week. That's why I hope that I can get one this week to shut you guys up. <laughs> that's wild to understand the importance of a stat because, like in the Super Bowl against the Niners, he had like a quarter stretch where he took over the game mm-hmm. just took over the game batting balls down getting amazing pressures but i guess none of it resulted into a sack on <laughs> yeah, not, not Ron, listen to this this is the top five leading sack artists in playoff history number one willie mcginnis he's got 16 of them is vernon <laughs> golston in this i just bet it's just some obscure obscure number name. two bruce smith number three terrell suggs Number four, Reggie White. Number five, tied with Dwight Freeney, Charles Haley, James Harrison, Clay Matthews, and Lamar Woodley. Frank Clark. Yeah, I don't think I this. That's unbelievable. Shout out to Lamar Woodley. <laughs> His <laughs> next sack, he'll tie Reggie White for hey, fourth also, all time. <laughs> I'm getting away from this. Also, uh, keep an eye, keep an eye on Evan he Ingram. Could be top three after this year. I'm top not three. dealing with this. Keep an eye on Evan Ingram. It'll be interesting to see how Spags handles him. He's a guy that that Trevor likes to go to a big body. Like to me, I, 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 I he's he's at times in some games their best receiver. Yeah. Uh, and so it'll be interesting to see. You brought up, brought up the safeties. I wonder is there an adjustment potentially where they may look at putting help. Sneed seems to be anybody big that they put on that they may have issues with. So. That'll and be he does play – he plays kind of like Kelsey where, like, he's basically a slot yeah. receiver. So, yeah, that could be an interesting out, yeah. wrinkle. It's interesting you bring that up. Ron, by the way, uh, in the red zone, that's their guy is Evan Ingram. This Absolutely. is not a great red zone offense. Uh, they're, they're 19th in the NFL this year. They've had their struggles down there. But the Chiefs have been atrocious defensively in the red zone. There's only one team that's been worse than them this year at giving up touchdowns when opposing teams get into the red zone. It's something they just haven't been able to fix all season long. Uh, if they're going to be able to win consistently in the postseason and even in this game, they, they got to get some stops down there and stopping Evan Ingram is a good place to start. 
All right, get my music ready, uh, Serta. I can't wait to hear it. Um, certified or imposter? You're certified, right? Let's get you certified. I'm an imposter. This has been this has been made up a lot because Trevor Lawrence, um, I don't think was being malicious, but he just was talking, and he talked about the Arrowhead crowd and had the, the nerve and audacity to say, I don't know how much different it'll be than the Jacksonville crowd. Uh, that's interesting. They have 32,000 that generally attend their games. Um, I think they got to 40 <laughs> last week. I'm pretty sure they got to 40 last week. Yeah, it's a playoff game. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, here's my certified or imposter. Arrowhead being a big advantage on Saturday. Arrowhead, the crowd, the fans being a big advantage on on Saturday for the Chiefs because this is Trevor's first road game. This is Trevor's first playoff game, and we know the intensity level, not just on the field, but the intensity level even in the stadium changes. Certified or imposter that the Arrowhead crowd is going to be a major advantage for the Chiefs. So I'm going to go certified here, and it – I don't actually, I'm not somebody who plays huge into home field advantage in the NFL. And I don't think the home field advantage is like, it matters in a way, but I don't think that it's been that beneficial for the chiefs, like oh, oh, overall for the most part, but you always want to be at home compared to being on the road. It has, but it has, it has not done anything to Joe Burrow. It's yeah. And that's, that's where if it was next week and they were playing the Bengals or the bills, I would say it's an imposter, but this week against Trevor Lawrence, I think it's certified because I think he's young enough in the playoff atmosphere, in the pressure of trying to come into Arrowhead stadium and beat Patrick Mahomes. Like that guy, like that, that guy who's the best player in the world right now. Like I think all of that mixed with the Arrowhead crowd, I think that can affect Trevor Lawrence, but I, he also played football at Clemson and their stadium holds like 80,000 people. So he, he's been in some loud football stadiums during his playing career. I'm jumping I, in. I'm, I'm jumping in BK. Cause no, I listen, I, I understand he's played in college and, he, and Florida state's no easy thing to play, I, but I think his, his, he's going to be, I don't even know if he knows how amped he's going to be and how juiced up it's going to hit him once the 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 national anthem is sung and at the end he hears an entire place yell the home of the chiefs and then i don't know do we know who's hitting who's beating the drum i think little john is doing the halftime show that's all yeah, I, I know, know so i know that, that. and is it turmeric vanover let's just say that turmeric when turmeric <laughs> vanover hits the drum and uh and he goes and starts banging the drum and that and that and that chant gets going like I don't know if Trevor's going to understand, and now he's kind of pissed people off. So now people are on even more high alert. I I do. I think I think he's going to cause some issues of panic. I think it's going to cause some issues of the play clock. I think they may have some delay of games or false start to blow timeouts. I do think this is an element with a young team that this will get to. I I, I do, especially Trevor. First on, so I, go, I go certified here. First on Vanover, the first time that I heard the news of, you know, the the, the news, um, I, I was, I mean, a, a kid at the time. I was on the bus. I was listening to my Walkman CD player that I had the radio on. I had the over the ear headphones while oh, I was God. on the on the on the bus, and I was listening to sports radio in the morning. And they they announced that you know he's he wasn't going to be a chief anymore. Um, but as for the the Arrowhead advantage here in this game. Ron, I, I do think that there was a bit of an advantage in 2019. Like those games, you could feel it change the game against the Texans and the Titans. You could feel the momentum shifting in favor of the Chiefs. And my hope is that Arrowhead doesn't really have to be an advantage this time around. Like my hope is this game is never close enough. It is never in doubt enough to where you look back on it and you say, yeah, the Chiefs fans, they changed the games there because they needed it. They needed a big third down stop late in the fourth quarter. They needed to be able to get that um, false start midway through the third. My hope is that this game is not close enough to where any of that matters. 
And so in that scenario, I, I'll go ahead and say imposter just because I'm not sure that this is the game where such a thing is necessary, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, they played at Arrowhead in week 10, but I mean, was that game? Not be different, it was It was the Jags in week 10. So I, I could assume that maybe it might not have been sold out on that Sunday. It's going to be different. It's going to be different. It will they, be. They're going to be hammered drunk. And turmeric Van Over is going to be beating the drum. And Will, Will, Shields. Beats- Will Shields beating the drum. It's, uh, Do you set. have that confirmed? Yes. Really? What do you have against Will Shields? I don't have anything the against Hall of Will Famer. Shields. I love, I love Will. I just think he's gotten too skinny to beat to, to beat, beat this drum. I don't know, man. I just <laughs> I think Rob follow up for you. I think Vanover would have been a better choice. I, I I'm sorry. I just I do. I, I, I did used to when I was younger. I had like a wall to wall giant picture cut out of like to Merrick Vanover that was, signed, that was signed to my aunt like she clearly got it at a thing and just Guys, I've got I've got bad news got bad news Vanover was charged with a conspiracy to commit wire fraud and healthcare fraud in December of 2019 he pleaded not guilty and in January of 22 he officially pleaded guilty he's got a year and a day in prison I don't think he's yeah. available so uh, next next year's division, no, they can make exceptions to let him out <laughs> to just beat the drum and then take him back. Give him a hot dog of some sort and then take him back. I just, I don't know. I mean, I, all right, we'll see. Will Shields, I mean, all right. I just, skinny Will is just, I don't know, man. Good for him. I mean, I understand. I, I, I As someone who has lost a lot of weight too, but, you know. I wasn't a guard. All right, uh, let's go. Predictions in this game. I think we all like the Chiefs. I, I, I got the Chiefs here. I'll go 30, 35, 35 to 20. I'll go Chiefs 35, 20 in this game. I've got them 37 to 27. I do think this is a high-scoring affair. Uh, I think it goes a little back and forth. Some of that, though, scoring-wise on the Jaguars side is is late. doesn't really matter. I think this is one that the Chiefs are able to put away pretty early. Yeah, I've got it being a little bit closer, kind of late. I've got the Chiefs running 31 to 24, but kind of like what BK said, I feel like this is a game where they're going to have a good opportunity to get out early, capitalize on some possible miscues and stuff from Jacksonville. And I think they'll get up, they'll get up big and then maybe take their foot off the gas a little bit. So it'll wind up being a little bit closer than the actual game result is. So you like them points, huh? Yes. You like them points at the Jags. Huh? All right. Well, playoff football is the back. Chiefs don't cover. It's not their thing. <laughs> the playoff football is back. I don't care if they cover or not. I just, hey, this is the first quest, the first game to their quest to their third championship. Congratulations, uh, fellas. Uh, can't wait to watch this run. But fun times. We'll talk to you next week as uh, – Hopefully we're getting ready for the AFC Championship game, but we are out.